Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hi, this is Angela Fay from Canada's podcast. Super excited to welcome Jessica Shat here from Ampersand Distilling Company here on Vancouver Island. Jessica, tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, uh, my journey started uh, with Ampersand uh, back in about 2011. Um, my uh, now husband and I uh, moved up island to the Cowichan Valley uh, with his parents. And they had, uh, they have a five acre farm here. We moved up with this sort of idea to uh, start a distillery using, uh, they, they've been entrepreneurs their whole lives as well. So uh, back in 2011, we moved up here with a hope and a dream and uh, spent some time farming in uh, on the land and uh, going to farmer's markets and that sort of thing. And all the while we were uh, looking at the craft distilling industry that was happening um, there, it was quite small back then, and uh, we spent three years developing the business plan. And uh, Jeremy and Stephen actually spent that time building the equipment that that would become the stills for for our distillery. Um, de- yeah, developing the recipe and all of that. So uh, we launched in October of 2014, and uh, by by that point, it was like, yes, we've done it. <laughs> and then that was really just the beginning. So <laughs> here we are now, uh, you know, six years later and uh and we've got four products in our lineup um we have people you know come from all over the world to visit the distillery usually and uh and yeah we've you know won world's best vodka <laughs> wow wait okay so wait what are the four products you've got a vodka you've got a yeah. gin clearly <laughs> yeah so um ampersand gin is our flagship spirit that's the one we always knew we wanted to start with a gin first uh mine and jeremy's favorite spirit it's in you know the majority of the classic cocktails and uh and for us we just really wanted that to be the flagship spirit um because our distillation process is uh quite unique having uh designed and built the stills that we use uh we are able to make really clean pure spirit that really showcases the bc wheat that we use as a base so uh we make that into our per se vodka and that's what's actually won world's best vodka at the world vodka awards uh in the before times this year back in February, <laughs> where we promptly went and started making uh, the, all of that vodka into hand sanitizer uh, when the pandemic hit. And I'm going to segue into that for a second, but I just, I, you said something that I I've, didn't catch before. You have designed, did you say an oven? The, a still, yeah. A still. Okay. What, what does that mean? It's, it's, you have a unique design specifically? We do. Yeah. So Jeremy uh, and Stephen both have engineering backgrounds and Jeremy, uh-huh. Jeremy specifically studied chemical engineering. Uh, and chemical process. So distillation is a is a key part of that. Typically, you would apply that to petroleum products, uh, but we think this is a much more fun. Uh, totally friendly. agree. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we most people you typically see uh, uh, what's called a plate still for making your own spirit, and uh, that's where each plate you can sort of think of it like a pot still, where the alcohol you heat it, it boils. The liquid and the vapor have an opportunity to interact as they bubble up and onto each plate. So there's a single opportunity for those uh, interactions. What we have is a packed column. So it's completely packed. There's um, these little coils in it. So there's lots of surface area. So as the liquid turns into a vapor and rises up, we send it back down as a liquid. So there's constant, almost constant interaction, many more opportunities for that interaction, which allows us to um, extract our alcohol about 96.5% right up there at what's called the azeotrope. That's as high as you can get. And, uh, and it, that's what we um, collect. We are able to fraction off the impurities, those 
heads and tails you hear about that have the, you know, acetone, the fusel oils, all those bad things that don't taste very good and aren't very good for you. So we extract just the pure ethanol and, uh, and we dilute that with our own spring water to make our vodka and really the base for all of our spirits. So what sounds completely compelling to me here in this in this part of the story is, you know, as, as a gin consumer myself, so I completely relate to it being a favorite spirit, you know, as a consumer, we, we easily pull something off the shelf and, you know, consume it with our friends or our family or, or for R&R. What we don't understand is the three years that it took to build the distillery and invest in the infrastructure, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in infrastructure, the science behind the development of the product, clearly that is not something that, you know, an average Joe, average person could be able to do off the street. Plus the creative and the design of your brand. I mean, there's a lot that goes into just, you know, what, what sometimes we take for granted as a, as a single bottle of, of gin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we were, um, you know, both lucky and uh, resourceful, I guess, you know, you make your own luck in a sense in that, you know, our distilleries on the property that Ramona and Stephen already had. So uh, it's in, it's, uh, an old workshop on, that is where, where we have it and designing and building our own equipment. Um, they definitely saved us a lot of money uh, in right. terms of buying a still. So, you know, we have that do it yourself approach that we've always, always had. And, and, you know, thankfully, um, the background that that we all sort of bring, I think, uh, and and have being a family business, uh, you know, there's obviously challenges sometimes in working with family, but um, the the experiences that we have all brought, Ramona and Stephen having run their own business, you know, all of their lives, it was a really great um, foundation to start uh, pulling all of those elements together. Well, and let, I'm just going to highlight, you said Cowichan Valley. Can you just describe, because Cowichan Valley, uh, I understand it here, it's on Vancouver Island in British yeah. Columbia, beautiful British Columbia. It's renowned for agriculture and consumable products. Is that your experience? Yeah, and it's a new uh, wine region as well this year. That was, uh-huh. was I mean, you know, people around here have known that for a long time, but uh, <laughs> the rest of the world gets in, in on the secret now. Um, yeah, no, we're in uh, North Cowichan specifically. So we're about uh, 10 minutes outside of Duncan proper, which is between Victoria and Nanaimo. Um, but yeah, and you know, it's a, it's a beautiful place out here. You know, I'm looking out there, we've got gorgeous trees. Uh, we, we are in um, a little valley, like there's little, you know, microcosms of the, the valley itself all throughout the, the area. And um, yeah, lots of beautiful vineyards. Uh, we, we grow great produce. Uh, Cowichan, Cowichan, it means warm land. So it's, uh, it has its own climate here, really, which mm-hmm, is great mm-hmm. for, for growing. And, and that kind of makes it distinct, right? Would you, would you agree or, or could you comment on how the geography and the climate relates to your product and, and your ability to, you know, produce something unique? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one of the things uh, you hear a lot in spirits is about like the water really is it. And so we have an artesian spring on our property that uh-huh. uh, we tapped. And so the, the, um, that special you know, clean, pure spring water goes in. Uh, that's what we use for for diluting all of our spirits. But it's also, yeah, the the growing. Um, for one of our other prod- products is nachino. So we make a uh, green walnut liqueur, and uh, you make that by harvesting uh, walnuts while they're still green before they've ripened. And then you've got these aromatic husks that we steep in the spirit, and so that changes year to year. Um, you know, depending on what when the walnuts ripen, like you know, we. So all of that goes in into the spirit itself. And same with um, imperative dry vermouth is another product of ours. We grow the wormwood for that on 
our farm. And so, yeah, that, that sort of terroir, those growing conditions are baked into every bottle. Something that we talked about before is uh, also British Columbia specifically as a as being business friendly for the distilling yeah. sector. Can you give me a little insight on um, what's happening in British Columbia? Yeah. So in the time that we were thinking about and um, starting, you know, to build the, the distillery, um, thankfully there were people doing it before us and they really paved the way. And um, what, what the government uh, ended up doing was creating a new agreement called the craft distillery agreement. And uh, what that is, is uh, an agreement that allows if you meet certain requirements, then, then you can have this agreement. So if you make your own alcohol from scratch using BC raw agricultural goods, you have the right to direct distribute. And so what that does is allow you to bypass the markup of the government stores. And we sell directly to uh, bars and restaurants. Uh, we sell to private liquor stores and to people at uh, farmers markets and things like that. And do so, you sell online as well? Yes. Yeah. We have an yep. online store uh, now. Yep. And, and, and uh, of course, your tasting room in normal circumstances. And in normal circumstances. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We have a tasting room here uh, at the distillery. Yeah, so I just so, want to just give a little kudos and maybe you and I can high five on this that uh, would, would you agree that it was kind of a movement of farmers and entrepreneurs that partnered with the government to make this a business friendly environment specifically for distilleries? Would you would you high five that? I, I would. I think that it's really, you know, uh, it, it was great that the government saw the possibility um, for the yep. creation of jobs and supporting uh, agriculture, like all the way up by using those BC raw agricultural goods. So we're using wheat in our as the base. And, uh, and, and so that's all grown in BC. That's supporting BC farmers. Other distilleries are using honey, they're using fruit, and those are all BC raw agricultural goods. So they're, you know, supporting our local economy here. Well, and I also, I mean, gin, it doesn't get any better than uh, being a perfect value-added manufacturing product here in BC, if you ask me personally. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about, let, just we're talking about uh, sort of the regulatory environment. We also talked a little bit about what's happening at a federal level to yeah. help um, Canadian distilleries stay competitive. What, what can you share? Yeah, so basically, um, it was across Canada, there's a cross Canada effort, um, you know, guilds and distilleries across the country have um, come together to really ask the federal government to support us, um, specifically in this in, in their COVID economic uh, relief plans, and uh, helping us achieve excise parity with the United States. And so uh, what what that would do is uh, really help smaller businesses be able to kickstart their growth, and uh, make decisions and, and really reinvigorate the economy um, without having to pay the same uh, tax rate as, you know, large uh, companies who are making, you know, hundreds of thousands of liters of alcohol right. and, and are taxed at a higher rate. Yeah. And so what does that mean on the trickle-down effect for you as a, as a small business operator? Yeah, so, you know, we currently pay about $12 uh, per uh, liter of absolute alcohol, whereas in the States, you know, it's, a, it's around a dollar um a dollar 77 i think and and so you know that's a huge difference what that would mean is just being able to uh reinvest that money if if we, we were to see this tax break we would uh be able to reinvest that money in our business in our local economies supporting like the creation of jobs um and just yeah really being able to reinvigorate the economy in specifically in the moment that we're in and what would the challengers say to or would there, is there any argument for challenging that tax 
I mean, there there is the talk of the you know potential loss of revenue by lowering that uh, that tax, mm -hmm. and so um, the the solve to that is by doing it on um, uh, per like a per liter business. So you're not taxing everybody the same, and so uh, the producers who are making smaller amounts pay less of, of the tax, and and then as they grow, then they continue they contribute more to that uh, to that revenue. So that's why um, this this solve works. Um, so yeah, this is before the federal government. Now we're waiting their response. Mm -hmm. And a little little update that we had from the guild is you've got five thousand uh, petitions signed, right? What what yeah. sort of time frame are you looking at? There was a big push um, to you know bring awareness uh, in the ways that uh, craft distillers are supporting you know Canadian agriculture and jobs across the country. And so mm -hmm. yes, we we gathered uh, the support of about five thousand people on our change.org petition, and um, that uh, request for excise parity for small volume distillers is. Uh, before the federal government now, and we're waiting to hear their response. Um, so we're, we're really hoping they're not going to leave us out of this uh, COVID economic relief plan. Is there any other roadblocks that you anticipate that maybe we can help gain some momentum and, and help your cause? Um, I think, you know, if you if you want to uh, go to the change.org uh, petition, um, it's in a lot of the uh, craft distillers, their like links in bio, um, and okay. on their Instagram pages and stuff. And uh, yeah, that that's really a great so way support, to support us. Support, support Canadian, local. <laughs> support <laughs> local, <laughs> support uh, distilleries by signing a petition would be just one extra little piece in tax reform and, and helping yeah. small business succeed here in Canada. Excellent. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit to um, your story about COVID pivot. So yeah. tell tell me what you had to do in 2020 that was, you know, obviously unexpected. Yeah, yeah, I'm very unexpected. You know, we had very different plans for how this year was was uh, going to play out. But, um, you know, obviously, everybody did. And, and there was no um, predicting. And here we are. So in what happened was that uh, right away in, in March, when the lockdowns happened, we were able to change our uh, production. And we shifted basically all of our uh, production to the to making hand sanitizer. Um, we were we knew that it was something that we would be able to do and some a way that we would be able to contribute. And so we also were able to separate out our production for a very small family um, owned business. And, uh, you know, there's two people that work, two to three people that work in the distillery on a regular basis. So um, we, Alex, who uh, runs production, uh, he was in the distillery by, by himself, basically. Jeremy and I did all of our work from home and uh, same with Ramona and Steven. Um, so we really separated it out that way uh, during the quarantine and working just to liaise with, you know, nurses, doctors, midwives, uh, local charities, and uh, all, all sorts of um, groups that we were like, you need hand sanitizer? Here's how we're going to get it to you. So we shifted production, shut everything down uh, in terms of contact, and and really tried to help out as much as we could. And uh, what are the, what, what's next? Post hand sanitizer, uh, how, do you envision getting back to yeah, so alcohol? Yeah, creation. <laughs> yeah, so we are doing um but what happened was when when the the government again they did uh acknowledge that craft stores would be able to do this. They granted us a, a I don't know what you would call it, an exemption, I guess. So we were able to purchase neutral grain spirit. So we were able to shift our production back to making vodka and gin and all of those things uh while still being able to manufacture hand sanitizer. Um so we have that uh we're able to do that um and and then the things like, you know, we had planned on opening an online store uh, this year, but it happened a lot sooner, faster than we anticipated. We had, you know, big plans for our tasting room this summer, which uh, we were able to open briefly uh, for a, a short bit of the summer season. And then we've closed down again for, uh, for the fall. 
in winter. Um, and, uh, and we did have uh, a couple of products that got pushed off the back burner, which will hopefully be back. So we're working with sweet vermouth that we really want to have out uh, as soon as possible. So hopefully that'll be uh, near on the horizon in 2021. Tell me a little bit about the uh, sort of ecosystem of farmers and restaurateurs and things in the Cowichan Valley. The one thing I love about your story is, is how much you've partnered together and collaborated on unique recipes and, and the fact yeah. that they serve your product in, in local restaurants. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, it's been really amazing to see the relationships in the community develop around this, you know, food and beverage hospitality industry. Um, and uh, because we have a farm, we were, um, you know, already selling produce to a lot of local chefs. And, uh, and so when the distillery came on, we were able to, you know, continue those relationships and, uh, and serve um, or sell our, our spirits to them as well. And I think it's, it's really awesome because we are able to do that direct distribution. Uh, it, it takes out, um, or, you know, it just really connects us that much closer. So it's, you know, me, they call when they are ordering spirits and, and uh, sometimes it's me that drives up and delivers it. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, uh, restaurants that are specifically, you know, maybe more locally focused on their menu, um, they're looking for things that, that really highlight this region as well and what's coming out of it. So, you know, there, there've been, um, just, yeah, so many great craft cocktails and then, yeah, getting to work with local wineries, uh, like our, um, imperative driver mousse we make in collaboration with Rath Gen Cellars, uh, out on the Sandwich Peninsula. It's just, yeah, an amazing way to connect with different food producers and, uh, and build this community. And then, yeah, to be able to sell at farmer's markets and interact with people who are our local community that, yeah. If you could wave a magic wand, Jessica, and enroll you know your local community your 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 already favorite clients and uh, wannabe clients uh into what you need to get through to 2021 what would you love to see yeah i i think the community has really stepped up you know we still see people coming to the farmers market we see people are shopping in our online store but i think uh we and all all of us um uh, craft distillers especially restaurants like this has been such a hard year for restaurants um, we just need that community support more than ever. So, you know, whether you're looking at your um, holiday gifting options, you know, what can you buy them gift cards for your local restaurants, for your local distilleries, um, and and just really um, looking at those uh, around us. Like, you know, we may be in isolation, but we have such an incredible um, place around us here. So I, I'm really buoyed by the support that we've seen and, and hopefully we'll continue to see and, uh, and that people, yeah, will just think local when, when it comes to uh, stocking the cupboards and, uh, and all of the yeah, gifting, et cetera. Absolutely. And we're talking, and I touched on a herd sweet vermouth was on 2020 yeah. agenda. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Is it still on the agenda? It's been, uh, we've been, we've been tinkering uh, a bit. Um, I'm also, I've been on uh, like sort of, I mean, as much of a maternity leave as you were ever on when you're a, an entrepreneur, but <laughs> so Jeremy and I, uh, we, we uh, welcomed a son into the world at the end of 2019. Congratulations, so. next you. generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really exciting. But yeah, so that, uh, that uh, has sort of pushed back all of their, my recipe uh, development plans, <laughs> tasting gotcha. a lot of like bitter herbs and things like that. Not super uh, easy to do. So well, and let us know how Canada's podcast could support you. I'm, I'm, I, I just had this thought process in my mind that when you decide that you're going to launch Sweet Vermouth, we should have another little quick 
session and, and yeah. try and get some pre-sales. I love the idea. <laughs> yes, we can like send a bottle to you. We exactly. We can have a cocktail hour. <laughs> <laughs> For fun. We usually uh, try and have a fun talking point with uh, with our entrepreneurs on what makes them tick. But there's something that I would love to bring up because there's another famous Canadian that is in the in, this, in the gin manufacturing world and that is ryan reynolds right who's also oh, yeah. a fellow bc resident here it lives in vancouver and um but i think his brand is do you know anything about his i do product? actually yes aviation tell me gin. a story what do you know okay <laughs> okay so so um yeah no we go way back to aviation gym so when jeremy and i were um first uh what like we you know we went on some business trips as you do to explore as you do. Uh, yeah as you do and portland is you know craft distilling craft beer they they were on uh, they're always ahead of all the curves so we went down to portland and um, house spirits is the brand that that uh, originally produced aviation gin so we had a tour and we stayed and we've you know stayed in touch with them and it's been amazing to watch watch them grow. We got some great advice from them while, while we were starting up. And but I must say, yeah, I was uh, I was a little saddened that uh, Ryan Reynolds found like like what he calls the best gin, and it wasn't Canadian. Right. So let's challenge him at the, at the moment. You've got the world's best gin. So <laughs> world's best vodka. Oh, world's best vodka. Sorry, you've got yeah. the world's best vodka. Maybe we have a comp- a friendly competition between Canadians on uh, you know. Yeah, let's, I don't I don't know what yet the game is, but I think we need to <laughs> challenge challenge Ryan Ampersand and Aviation can come up with you know maybe the who's going to get the the world's sweetest vermouth or something like that. <laughs> Jessica, it has been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners from a entrepreneurial background or in the distilling industry as far as the the landscape here in Canada? I, I think that um, I've really been grateful that in my experience uh, has largely been fueled by a lot of audacity and a lot of determination. And I think that that is part of, it's certainly something that I'm returning to in these times where it's really difficult of like, just, you know, a lot of, it's a challenge right now. So continuing to hang on to that audaciousness and determination of like just like yes of course of course you can open a distillery of course you can you know do those things and and um just continuing to support those bold ideas that's yeah hopefully what will will get us through and help us see you know innovations and uh great community on the other side of this and uh and i'm just going to plant the seed that obviously canada in particular bc is probably one of the best places to uh, open a distillery and Jessica's an awesome example of and her family on what can be done. Jessica, how can people get a hold of you post podcast? Yeah, so you can check us out at ampersanddistilling.com uh for our website and online store and all that goodness uh and you can follow along at amp distilling co on IG and it's uh Facebook as well. Awesome. Jessica, thanks for your time. Love your story. Look forward to uh sharing it more and doing some more work with you in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.